This is Sunday Morning Worship Service, March the 1st, 2020, here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Union's Church. Bringing the morning message today is our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie. Please stay tuned. We'll begin our service in just a moment here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Union's Church. Every day, every day that uh, you know, being here today is a blessing. That is a blessing from God. Thank Him for that opportunity. But let's continue to pray, uh, as I said, for Ivan Parker and his wife, also Sister Carolyn and Brother Jack. Let's continue to pray for them. Pauline, Paul and G. Mitchell, and also Jenny Vanderham, her foot. And let's continue also to pray for Sister Jenny. Uh, I mean, uh, Jean's uh, foot as it heals, and Jenny's knee as it heals. You have others on your uh, heart this morning by raising your hand. Is there any outspoken? I know I've forgotten a few. days. so many that we need to be praying about. Is there somebody else? Sir, Yes, yes. And let's continue to remember Sister Josephine and Brother Norman's uh, son over in uh, uh, overseas where that virus is going on and they're, they're being contained and all that. So let's pray for them that everything will go well there. And then my daughter, while her back has been giving her a problem for a while now, a lot of pain, constant pain, and uh, just help pray for her. Is there others? Just remember, I got, we got a call yesterday, Michaela, my granddaughter. She's running a high temperature, so we think she may have a flu or something. So let's pray for her this morning. Let's pray for She is very sick with bronchitis or something. Yes, ma'am, we'll continue. Is the others. Pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for your many blessings, dear Jesus. We thank you for loving each one of us, Lord, and living with us and being in our hearts and minds, dear Father. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here in your house this morning, Lord. Lord, bless us. Be with us, Lord. Pour out your spirit this morning, dear Father. Lord, we need your guidance this morning, Lord. Bless the speaker. Lord, bless our preacher as he preaches your word this morning, Lord. The music, the singing, the praising, and everything we do, Lord, we want to honor you. Lord, in all the requests that went in this morning, Lord, is on our hearts and minds, Lord. Remember each hand that went up represented, dear Father, a special need, Lord. And in all the outspoken, Lord. Lord, remember our country as we're going through, dear Father, some difficult times right now, dear Lord. Be with us, Lord, and pray, Lord, that 
you would touch, Lord, and guide us and lead each one of us, Lord, as we go forward, dear Father, and, uh, and, and selecting and doing the things that we needed to do, Lord. Lord, thank you again, Lord. Thank you for this church you've given us, Lord. Thank you for our pastor, our leadership, Lord. Lord, our youth teachers and ministers, dear Father, be with each one of them, Lord, in their hearts and minds, Lord. Unite us together, dear Father, as we praise and worship you this morning, Lord, that we glorify you, Lord. We put that joy in our heart, dear Father, that only you can give, Lord, that peace that only you can give. This morning we need, dear Father. Lord, in everything this morning that we do, we want to bless you, Lord, and bless each other. And I see your wonderful name, dear Jesus. Amen. Praise your wonderful name. Amen and amen. Would you remain standing as we pray, uh, praise and sing his song this morning? Amen. Let's get started singing just a little talk with Jesus. Makes it right.
beautiful. That's a peace and joy you can only get from the loving God. This morning as we take up the tithes and offerings, let's give unto the Lord with a blessing and to bless His church and He will bless you. Thank you for your giving this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like going home this morning. Isn't that wonderful that we have a place we can go? Thank you, dear Jesus. Brother Randy, would you ask God's blessing? I've got a never before. never brother Tom. day down and you're saying
son.
and that
liberation. There's women's He was the house of wisdom, verse 24. Not only was she a Gentile, all things against her. And she is the only person Jesus said had Compare that with the time he wanted life was up there little bit. And see how unique she was to hear about and witness her great faith is a powerful learning experience for them. Some lessons we can learn from this woman of great faith. The faith that God favors is 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 faith is a faith that Desperate for God's help. You ever been desperate? Amen. Matthew 15, 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre Sidon. And, became, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is vexed grievously, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Now, I want you to notice here now, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want you to notice the woman came out of Canaan and came out the same coast. She cried. Everybody say cried. In other words, she didn't just say, Jesus, have mercy on me, thou son. No, 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 no. What she did, she yelled it out. Jesus, have mercy on me, thou son of David. And that disturbed the disciples. Getting ahead of myself. It embarrassed the disciples. How do you know? We'll get there in just a minute. Desperation leads to strong faith. The story doesn't begin with us knowing about our great faith. It begins in desperation where great faith often begins. The Canaanite woman, whose name this morning we, we, we've never heard, has, has a daughter whom she is described as cruelly possessed by demons. You ever seen anybody demon possessed? Somebody told me one time, I've seen some folks I thought was demons possessed. Were they church members? You know church members don't get demon possessed. Did I say something wrong? I said church members don't get demon possessed. 
You might not call it demon possessed, but some of some mean folks in this world, them church folks are. Somebody say amen. amen. She was cruelly possessed by a demon. We don't know exactly what this meant, but it is easy, it easy could have meant that she was afflicted with vilely insane behavior. Like the man who lived among the tombs in Matthew chapter 8. Or that she had terrible seizures. Uh, that she, that, 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 like the boy who often fell into the fire in Matthew uh, chapter 17. I don't know what the demons are. I don't know how cruelly and what, 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 this, what her daughter was uh, all about in, in this demon possession. Uh, whatever her symptoms are, whatever, her mother was desperate uh, for her to be healed. Uh, I mean, no God can heal this morning. To be free from this terrible state. Her desperation led to hope, uh, not hoping the folk cures uh, and remedies she probably had already tried before, not hoping best medical advice of the day, but hope this morning uh, in the God of Israel, hope in the Messiah, that God chosen people. That's what she had her hope in. She had her hope in Jesus uh, because she knew that was her only hope this morning. I may believe this world's in a mess right now. We got this uh, virus. I can't never remember the name of the thing. Coronavirus, people getting all upset, scared, afraid. You know, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Ain't got a clue what's going to happen. But there ain't no need to get all excited about what's going to happen. Trust God. Amen. It's come to the United States. They reported to us yesterday or the day before that, that the first death in the United States happened over in the state of Washington from this coronavirus. Amen. And they're telling us now that it's going to spread more in, in the United States. And they tell us what we need to do. We need to be sure we wash our hands. We need to be sure we cover our coughs. Uh, we need to be sure that we, 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 we don't just, you know, hang out, be with people that are sick. And if you're sick, you need to stay home. That's what they're saying. I was going around shaking hands this morning, and one, one stuck the fist out and said, no, it's fist bump now because that coronavirus is going on. I said, you know, that's good advice right there. Church folks need to start fist bumping. <laughs> Wait a minute, preacher. Or elbow bump. Or get into that thing that you, whatever. Well, how many know we're living in the last of the last of the last days? I mean, the Bible says that things like this are going to start taking place. Things are going to start happening. It's nothing but science of letting us know uh, that Jesus' soon return uh, is right at hand right now. That's what's going on in this world. They don't understand it. They can't comprehend that. The reason is, the Bible says the world don't know him. They can't comprehend it because they don't know. But you and I know this morning because we have the word of God. We have the spirit of God that reveals unto us things that are happening in this latter days we're living in right now. So you got to have faith that we'll not quit today. Amen. This hope led to faith without shame. Many times we can be afraid to let our faith be known. Sometimes we don't want to stand out. Sometimes we just want to be polite and not talk religion. I don't blame you. I would never talk religion either. But what I would talk would be Jesus Christ and him crucified because religion ain't going to get you there. Only Jesus is going to get you there. Amen. I'm Pentecostal. It's a type of religion. So what? That, 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 that don't have a whole lot to do with anything. If my relationship with Jesus Christ ain't right, that religion ain't going to do anything for me this morning. Amen? I can have my name on every church membership all around the county, but that's not what's going to get me to glory. My relationship with Jesus Christ is what's going to get me to glory. 
She wants a shame. Sometimes we just don't want to add scrutiny that comes when people realize we're followers of Jesus Christ. This woman was different. She lived out a, lived out a faith that came from having nothing less to lose, left to lose, a desperate faith. She approached this, this band of disciples and their leader, Jesus. She screamed out to them for a distance, from a distance, have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David. She didn't just shout. She screamed it out. Her cries, her cries are as, as desperate as the faith she had that Jesus was the one who could make a difference in her. How many know Jesus can make a difference in your life this morning? She didn't care what the disciples thought. She didn't care if they didn't approve. I'm a woman. No, I'm not a woman. She was a woman. Let me get this straight. They'll have me in a different classification if they hear me say I'm a woman. I know what I am. I'm not the man I used to be, but I'm still a man. Amen. There is no, there is no, uh, you know, no doubt about that. She didn't care even as a woman approaching men who were strangers that she would stand out like a sore thumb. She didn't care about the things that often make us ashamed. She had the faith of a desperate mother, a faith without shame. Can I tell you something this morning? When people get close to God, Brother Bob, they, they become different. They stand that. Brother Philip, they don't act the same no more. And when they start standing out, being different, people start backing off. People start watching. Instead of praying to lift them up and encourage them, but watch that. You better watch that person over there. Look at them. They different. Am I telling the truth? Now, I know you ain't no different. <laughs> I think these folks know you pretty good, don't they? Yeah, they know me. You're, You're beginning to. I'm learning. I'm watching. I'm watching real tight. Got to make sure everything's right. Amen. But I like I like the spirit. Song gets going, he gets going. I'm trying my best to get going. I try to join him when he does it, but I just ain't got it yet. He ain't putting it in my feet like I want to put it in my feet, so I can't really jump out there and do some of the things. But see, people when they get close to God, they, they're different. They're not normal no more. Don't even look the same. Don't even act the same. Can I tell you what the problem is in this day and hour we're living in right now? We still have church as normal. Now, I don't know what you folk are looking for, but I'm not looking at church as normal. I'm looking for church out of the normal. Amen. I'm, I'm, looking, for ch I'm looking for church this morning uh, that's going to turn loose, let go, and let God, and let the Holy Ghost do what he wants to do. Uh, and all we're going to do is join in with the Holy Ghost uh, and follow him today. Amen. God, a mighty note. That's what we need. Ain't no need coming here saying two songs, preacher, go home. Have a prayer. No. We need to just back off, let go, and let the Holy Ghost do what he wants to do. Amen? That's what I try to do. But she wasn't ashamed. She didn't care. Amen? She didn't care about the things around her. She had the faith of a desperate mother. This 
should make us think about our faith. Does it come out of desperation? Does our faith rise out of a confidence with Jesus, knowing that Jesus is the only one who can bring meaning to our lives, the only one who can bring true spiritual emotional, emotional healing, and the only one of whom our lives are worth devoting to? He's the only one I want to devote my life to. Wait a minute, Pastor, you got a wife. She knows, she knows I'm devoted to her. But Jesus is first. It's the way it's got to be. Jesus is first in her life. Amen. That don't make me mad. Because let me tell you this. The, the, the more, the closer she is to Jesus, the, the more I know the closer she is to me. Huh? Because God, it's only love, love only comes through God. Without God, there ain't no love. People say what they want to say. So the closer she is to, to love, the closer she is to God, which is love. Amen. The more she loves God, the more she's going to love me. And the more I love God, the more I'm going to love her. Amen. So I know she loves God a whole lot. Abundantly. Why would I say that? Because she loves me a whole lot. Abundantly. Oh, there you, I was waiting for that because a lot of times she'll say amen when I say something. <laughs> she, saw, she had me shaking in my shoes right there just for a second. Amen. Sometimes when I say something, I can hear her say amen pretty loud. That was a little hesitation there, so I'm going to have to have a devotion with her when I get through at church this morning. Amen. Or our faith just is just, uh, just a casual thing, or is our faith just a casual thing? We do because it's expected of us. The Canaanite woman's faith was without shame because she knew Jesus was her only hope, and she didn't care about what others expected or what others thought. It don't bother me. I don't care. There he is. I'm getting to him. I'm a woman. I ain't even supposed to be around these folk. I ain't even supposed to do this here, but you know what? I got a need in my life, and I'm going to it. Let me tell you something, folks. You, can't, you, can't, you got to stop letting the devil stop you from getting to the Lord and getting what your needs are and whatever it is you need this morning. Amen. Uh-uh. You can't stop. You can't turn around. You got to keep Press it on and let the Lord do what he wants to do. Amen. You can't have just a casual faith. I go to church. Everybody knows I go to church, so I'm right. Just because you go to church don't make you right. Glad you're here. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But if you ain't right and you are in church, get right. Amen. Let me tell you this. E. Stanley Jones said this this morning. Or made this quote. Faith is not merely your holding on to God. Now, listen to be careful. Listen to this quote. Faith is not merely your holding on to God. It is God holding on to you. He will not let you go. Faith is not me holding on to him. Faith is him holding on to me. Huh? And I told you before, when I got saved, I was holding on to him. But every once in a while, I'd turn loose. I'd let go. And I'd sort of drift back into some of the, some of the ways and thoughts that I was living prior to. But when he finally got a hold of me, when I finally let him go, I got to help get a hold of me. Then I wasn't worried about those things there no more. I didn't want to do those things there no more. I turned completely away from those. I turned to him because it's not me holding him. It's him holding me. And he's a whole lot bigger than I am. He can handle all my situations this morning. You see, God finds pleasure when your faith persists in spite of pressure. The faith that God favors is a faith, is faith desperate, desperate, de- determined, I mean, to get God's response. It's not hard to get God's response. But God answers to faith. I can get down and pray and talk to the Lord about anything I want to talk to him about. 
and I can ask them for anything I want to ask them for. But if I don't have the faith to back up what I'm asking and what I'm talking about, does God even hear what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, he hears what I'm talking about. But he says, son, you don't have the faith to believe what you're, what you're talking to me about. We're just having conversation. Conversation with God is one of the greatest things you ever do. That's the, that's, that's the closest place. The closest place you ever be with God is on your knees or talking to God. When I pray, a lot of times I'm walking when I'm praying. There's nothing wrong with that. So the closest I can get to God is when I'm communicating with him, when I'm talking to God, when I'm praying to God and I'm seeking God and I'm just praising God, whatever it is I'm doing. But what I need to do is have faith to back up what I'm doing. I mean, no, God loves faith. He wants you to believe and trust him today. Amen? If I said that right. Now, verse 23, but he answered her not a word. He didn't say nothing to her. She said, Lord, uh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says he didn't say a word. His disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away. For she cried after us. She's way back yonder. They were up here, and she's hollering, Jesus! And the disciples said, wow, that's embarrassing. It's like when you come to church, you know, and you, I've heard folks say, you know, that, you know, you have get ready to have a church service. You got one of your best friends coming, especially back when you were younger. You got one of your friends coming to church and you know, ain't sad they're going to just jump up and kick a fit. And you talk to the Lord before you get to church. Lord, please keep Aunt Sally down today. Just keep her calm. I got one of my best friends coming here, and I don't, I don't, you know, and they don't know nothing about us. They don't know about us, about us, about us Pentecostal folks. They don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. Can you just keep Aunt Sally, just keep her calm? Keep her down. Just keep her settled down. They don't understand. What they should be praying is, God, turn Aunt Sally loose and let, let her let go and let God so they can see what the Holy Ghost is all about and let God do what he needs to do in the church. Somebody shout amen. You don't need to be shutting God down. You need to be opening up and let God do what he wants to do. They'll get a hold of it. When they leave, they'll tell you how crazy you are. They'll tell you how they ain't used to this kind of mess. Man, when I go to church, when people ask people to pray, you can hear a pin hit because there ain't one person praying. Somebody says, how in the world can God understand all those folks in church praying at one time? Now, there's a lot of church, church services start at 11 o'clock around here, amen? I get to pulpit about 11 o'clock, but somewhere in that area, we're praying. How many know that all the churches around the world is praying probably somewhere between 10, 30, and 11 o'clock somewhere there, Amen? I mean, I believe God can hear all the prayers of all the church. There ain't one person praying. So when I don't have a problem when we stand up praying and everybody goes to praying. Well, why? What in the world would I want to call on Brother Frankie to pray for if everybody's going to pray? Brother Frankie, lead us in prayer. When he says, Lord, everybody ought to jump up and just begin to praise and glorify God. But we want to hear what Brother Frankie's got to say. He might be praying for Aunt Betsy this morning, Aunt Sally, somebody. We want to make sure he gets her into prayer. No, no, no. God can handle it. How many know God can handle it? I serve a great big God this morning. I'm talking about faith that won't quit today, amen? Now, but he answered this and, and said, I am, I, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. He not told her, said, look, it's not your time. I'm not here for you. I'm here for the house of Israel. But then she came to the Lord. She worshiped him. She worshiped him. She didn't get all mad and puffed up and fly off the handle like some of us do sometimes. She worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. Come on, Lord, help me. I got faith. You're going to recognize my faith in just a minute because I ain't quitting. Huh? She cried out, but Jesus didn't say a word, complete silence. Don't you like it when somebody, you say something to somebody, and they just flat out ignore you? Or you're talking to somebody, and they're busy with the mind, and they're looking that way and doing all this and that and the other, you know? 
She went to him and made her plea. He answered her not a word. He practically ignored her, yet she was testing her. He, he was testing her faith. I mean, who got to test your faith every once in a while? He'll try you out. He'll test you. How far you want to go with this thing? How far are you willing to go with this thing? Amen? He knew what was in man. He knew that she had faith. He already knew it. He knew she had faith. He was waiting for her faith to find full expression. See, the reason we don't get a lot sometimes from God is because we don't full express it to God. Because we stand in the way. I can't turn all this loose to God because I don't think God can do what needs to be done here. I'm going to hold on to this right here. No, no, no. You need to let go and let it all go to God. Amen. Some of the greatest lessons of faith are learned when God appears to be silent and when we are desperate. Over and over, the woman cried out to Jesus for mercy. But he did not answer her, not even a word, not one word of acknowledgement was uttered, not even a not now. I'll speak with you later. I, I hear you. She, he didn't say nothing. Let me think about it. He didn't say nothing. Walnut David said nothing but divine silence met the pleas and cries. Nothing but divine silence. I mean, you know, sometimes silence is good. All of us want to be listened to. When we speak, nothing can spark an ear, as I said, and that's quicker than to feel snubbed or, 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 you know, speaking to a friend and they ain't paying you no attention. Even if someone does not agree with what, what we say, at least want to be acknowledged, we want to be acknowledged. Yet, here was a lady that felt in the depths of her own soul and depression of her daughter's a desperation of her daughter's demon possession, and in her crying out to Jesus Christ, she found only silence. What in the world's going on, God? What's going on? Why was Jesus silent to her plea, please? He's, his silence tried her faith, but did not conquer or defeat it. Listen, his silence, he's not saying a word. It tried her faith, but it did not conquer her faith, and it did not defeat her faith. She kept her faith in him. Huh? Some of us just get up and say, well, it ain't nothing happening, I'll just quit. Huh? She still pleaded with the Lord. The Lord responded, responded the way he did to her, not to destroy her faith, but to develop it. That's what he did. He had a purpose in the silence. The effect was to develop, strengthen, and manifest her faith. His silence was not without purpose. It certainly was uh, not uh, uh, out of concern for this woman's need. She was not discouraged to the point of giving up by the Lord's seeming denial. She waited and held on believing. Uh-uh. I know he's got what I need. How many know he's got what you need this morning? Amen? At this point, the disciples and many of us get a little uncomfortable. Why don't they just quit? Why don't they stop? Why don't this man sit down and be still? Don't you sit down and be still. I'm going to leave that alone, but You already know, don't you? When you get up, people are watching you. But you, it don't bother you. Don't never let it bother you. Don't never let it bother you. You follow God. You hear me? Because when you get into it, I'm saying, I'm watching now. I'm going to get in the step he's in. I can't quite get into it like he did. No, you let the Lord. But I just, I just, I just, I just, I just want to say it because he's different in some ways. But they're good ways. And like I say, 
People watch us. How many know the people watching me? Everywhere I go, there's a camera on my face. So I know people watching me. People watching me. And they're talking about me. Whether they like me or not, they're talking about me. Most of them are saying good things about us. Amen? How many know when they talk about me, they're talking about your church? You believe that? Well, can I tell you this? When you talk about one another, you're talking about your church. So how are we talking about one another? We can't, we can't hurt people to cause our faith to decrease. We've got to encourage people to cause our faith to increase. Amen? That's what we've got to do. At the point of disciples, and many of us uncomfortable, they shuffled their feet a little, finally spoke up and said, Jesus, maybe you could just heal her daughter and she will just leave us alone. You know it's actually embarrassing us to see her acting like this and you know what people will say seeing her following us around. To this Jesus said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. How do you think they would have responded? Would they have been as shocked as we are that Jesus said this or would they have been thinking this? Well, yeah, Jesus, we don't, we don't like training us either but she's driving us crazy. Just heal her daughter so she can get out of her way. I mean, no, God don't work like that. He don't work like that in church either. And God's going to send you some folks to your church you don't like. God's going to send you some folks to your church that's different than you are. They're going to look different than you do. They're going to smell different than you do. Amen? Come on. But when they walk in the door, what, what, do we, what do we need to do? We need to welcome them and love them to all the way to the altar if they're not saved. Amen. Whatever, whoever they are, wherever they come from. Because God's getting ready to send you some folk that you can't imagine what he's going to send in here. Somebody shout amen. You see, this is not a rest home for Christians. This is a savior station for, for sinners. Amen. And I pray God send them through the door. Send a drug addict and alcoholic. Send a prostitute. Send that one that's demon possessed. Pastor, you're crazy. We don't need those kind of, that's what we're for. That's who we're for. Because if you ain't sick, you don't need a physician. And what Jesus said, so whoever comes in the door, we got to be ready to let them know that the Jesus we serve can meet them at that point of need. A faith that won't quit. So I got to have faith for them when they come in to let them know that the faith I have, they can have if they just let go and let God have his way. I won't never get all this, but it's okay. Now we see a little more about her faith. Not only does she have faith without shame, but her faith was without fear. She wasn't afraid. She wasn't scared. She was not afraid of Jesus or his disciples. I'm a woman, so what? I know. I got that against me. I'm a Canaanite. I'm a Gentile. I got all that against me. Hey, but I, I know what I need, and I'm going for it. Fear won't, 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 in, her, won't in her vocabulary. She was not afraid of Jesus. Or she threw herself down at his feet in total worship. With nothing to lose, she showed a, a, a relentless dependence on Jesus without shame and without fear. She fell at Jesus' feet, and she asked him, Lord, help me. I need your help. There's a lot of people watching me by the way of the internet this morning that's, that's just crying out to Jesus, Lord, I need your help. And God has sent them to this station right here where they can see us and they can worship God with us. Lord, help me. There's a lot of people out there that need God's help. They're asking God for help. They don't even know they're asking for the help of the Lord because they don't know how. 
But God knows their heart and he knows what they feel and he knows what they're thinking and they know they need help and the only way they're gonna get what they need is through Jesus Christ because he's the only one that can deliver them today, amen? So in this, with this kind of utter, uh, utter devotion sheep we have, or, 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 or we're afraid to pray and ask God something because we might be told no. This woman didn't let Jesus' lack of response stop her. Little faith, listen to me careful. Little faith will bring your soul to heaven. Little faith will bring your soul to heaven. But listen to this. But great faith will bring heaven to you. Little faith will bring your soul to heaven. But great faith will bring heaven to your soul. Somebody say great faith. I don't know who said that. That's anonymous. I wish I could put my name there, but I can't. It's anonymous. Little faith will bring your soul to heaven, but great faith will bring heaven to your soul. How many need heaven in your soul this morning? God finds pleasure, said the faith of God. A favor is a faith that's distinguished by God's approval. But he answered and said it and said, it is not meat for me to, to uh, give bread to, uh, to the cast to the dogs. In other words, honey, I can't do what you want me to do right now is what she was thinking because you're just a dog. You know Jesus didn't call her a dog. Well, what did he say? It's not meat for me to take children's bread and cast it to the dogs. She said, true, Lord, I understand that. Yet the dogs eat up the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Hey, you know what she was saying? Then Jesus asked her, woman, great is thy faith, be it unto you as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Okay? On top of faith without shame or fear, she showed a faith without stopping, a faith that wouldn't quit. And she bowed down at Jesus' feet. He told her something very strange. He said, it is not fair. That's what he was saying. It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Everyone there knew what Jesus meant. The disciples and the woman, he was saying, in effect, it isn't good to take the blessings meant for Israel and give them to a Canaanite. That's what he was saying. It's not good. It's not good for me to take the blessing that was meant for Israel and give it to the Gentiles, I mean. No, it's because it's not that time yet. That's what he was saying. The woman said, yeah, Lord, I understand all that. You're right, as you are always right. But she said, but even dogs eat from the crumbs that fall off the master's table. In other words, this is what she was saying on her face. Her face in worship, this is what it was. Her face in worship at the feet of Jesus. And this woman said, Lord, I know your blessings are for the entire world, not just for Israel. Your blessings are for the entire world. I know your blessings are so great that I'll gladly take. I'll gladly take the leftovers and be satisfied. I ain't asking for a whole lot. I mean, you talk about giving bread to the dogs. I'm not asking for the whole loaf of bread. I just want the crumbs that fall off the table. That's all I need. If I could just get the crumbs, I'd be satisfied. But you know, some folk got to have the best of the best of the best. They ain't going to have nothing. They'll turn it down if it ain't the best of what they want. But I got news for you. I've I've, I've trusted God in a lot of things. And there's some things in my life that I've wanted. But God said, no, this is not your time to get this. But after a while, you know what would happen? Because it would cost abundance of money when I was thinking that I needed then. And God said, you don't need it. But Brother Frankie, after a while, if God will supply that thing to me, and here it is, I can get it 90% cheaper than what I could have got it without me if I said this is me I want this now but God said hold on son I got something better for you and it'll be what you need God has done that many times throughout my life amen yes come on help me out 
at this final response from the woman whose faith won't quit, I can see the scene right now. I can see the seriousness, Jesus' seriousness on his face as it broke into a smile. <laughs> he reached down, grabbed her by the hands, helped her off her feet, looked her square in the eye. And this is what he said. Great is your faith, woman. Your daughter is healed. Huh? The Lord was testing her faith, and she passed the test. How many passing the test this morning? You see, God finds pleasure when our faith persists in spite of pressure. In my conclusion this morning, amen, this is where this particular story ends. We don't know what the disciples were thinking. Did Jesus remind them of what he had previously taught in chapter 7 of Matthew? Asking it will be given to you, searching you will find, knocking it shall be opened unto you. Hear from fear from one they never hear, from one they never would have expected. The disciples saw this kind of faith lived out. A woman, they don't even know. A woman of all things, a woman. Why in the world couldn't it have been a man? It'd have been a whole lot easier for them to solve it had been a man. But no, it was a woman. Ain't he, don't he, she, she don't even have a right for what she's doing, what she's even asked for. So the disciples were disturbed on that. Amen. So they saw great faith embodied, a faith that didn't quit. And with asking faith that wasn't ashamed to seek diligently after Jesus, a faith that wasn't afraid to keep knocking up, even in the face of response. That's what the disciples experienced. Do we have a faith that won't quit this morning? Or do we have a faith that gives up when we don't see a quick response? The disciples left that place after having seen a faith that would quit, a faith they, that, that they intimate, that they, that they did the same with, amen, imitated, that's what I'm looking for, as they spread the gospel later on in the face of persecution. When they faced all those trials, ain't no doubt in my mind, they saw that woman with great faith and they saw what Jesus did. And if Jesus did it for her, a Gentile, I know he'll do it for me. Somebody shout praise the Lord. The tradition of the church tells us nearly every disciple died a martyr's death for his or her faith in Christ. Could it be that the great faith they carried until death was learned from the Canaanite woman? May God grant us such faith. A faith so great that it won't give up even in the face of uncertainty. A faith so great that it seeks Jesus Christ relentlessly. A faith so great that it believes God's blessings are too big for one nation. A faith so great that it never quits. May God grant us the faith of a woman who had nowhere else to turn except to worship at the feet of Jesus. Let me tell you this little story and I'm closing. Beth, Bethany Hamilton. How many ever heard of her? I'll tell you who she is. Bethany Hamilton has become a source of inspiration to millions through, through her story of faith, determination, and hope. Born into a family of, surfer, of, surf, of surfers, People that surf on a surfing board. I mean, not, surf, not surfers, but surfers. <laughs> Let me get that straight. On February 8, 1990, she was born. On the island of Kauai, Hawaii, Bethany became surfing at, the a, at a very young age. At the age of eight, Bethany entered her first surf competition, competition where she won both the short and long board divisions. This sparked a love for surf competition within her spirit. At the age of 13, on October the 31st, 2003, Bethany was attacked by a 14-foot tiger shark while surfing on Kauai's North Shore. The attack left Bethany with a severe left arm, served the left arm, completely gone here. Nothing. 
nothing. Matter of fact, there's a movie about her. After losing 60% of her blood, 60%, I was reading something the other day, your body has about a gallon and a half of blood in it. So much, how much blood's in your body? She lost 60% of a gallon and a half. A gallon and a half is six quarts, is that right? She lost three quarts of blood. 60% of her blood, making it through several surgeries without infection. Bethany was on her way to recovery when an unbelievable positive, with an unbelievable positive attitude. Listen to this. Lifeguards and doctors believe that her strong faith in God helped get her through the, the traumatic ordeal. Her faith and trust in God. Miraculously, just one month, listen to me, just one month after the attack, Bethany returned to the water to continue pursuing her goal to become a professional surfer. One month after losing her arm, gone, all of it gone. See the movie, you can see it. There's pictures of it on, on Facebook, on the uh, 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 YouTube thing. In January of 2004, Bethany made her return to surf, to surf competitions, placing fifth in open woman's division of that contest. With no intention of stopping, Bethany continued to enter and excelled in competition. Just over a year, just over a year after the attack, she took first place in the Explore Woman's Division of the 2005 National Scholarships uh, Suffering Association, NSSA National Championships, winning, their fir winning her first title. It's amazing. No arm. How in the world can you surf with just one arm? You get in a boat and you paddle that boat, you got two paddles. And them paddles will guide you where you go. You paddle just one thing here, you're going around and around and around and around. As far as I know, I don't really know much about paddling boats, but she's only got one arm. And now she's surfing again. She's already won. She's won her, in 2005. She won the SSA National Championship. In 2007, or 2007, Bethany realized her dream and turned pro at 2007. Amen. So on October the 13th, 2003, she was attacked by a 14-foot shark. Took her right, took her left arm completely off. Four years later, 2003 to 2007. She turned pro. Are you having a hard time trusting God amidst your difficulties? Are you disappointed when God seems to be silent or slow in responding to your prayers? Is your faith under pressure and you feel like just giving up? I'm not giving up. I'm not turning around. Amen. Are your problems too heavy for you to hang on? And you are desperate for God's help. God calls us to have a faith that won't waver, a faith that does not quit. Do you need prayer today? Don't quit. Everybody stand to your feet. Can I tell you this morning that God is here? Just come and trust him and receive his grace, receive his mercy, and receive his love today. Talking about a faith that won't quit. God don't step back. Or come and don't just sit back. I want you to come and let go and let God do what you can't do and receive that need or that miracle or that blessing that you have been waiting for. See, there's things in my life that I can't do. There's things in my life that I'm facing that I can't handle it by myself. But I know he's with me. There are things that I need in my life. I'm talking about physical things in my life. There are things I need in my life that 
Only going to come through my God. He's going to make sure it happens. He's done it too many times. He ain't going to quit now. How many know God don't quit? We're the ones that quit. We're the ones that draw back. Because we, we let stuff upset us. We let stuff get in our way. We, get, we let stuff hinder us. We let people hinder us. We let people get in our way. How many know if you've got something against somebody, they'll stand between you and God? That pulpit represents the presence of God. Brother Frank, come here. I know I got to quit. It's five minutes after twelve. Come on up here. Stand right there. Come up a little bit. I don't want you too close to God. Come on up a little bit more. I got a problem with him. Not really, but I'm going to use it for an example. I got a problem with him. God's over there. And when I get down and pray and I get real serious with God and I'm really wanting God's attention and I really want God to help me like this woman did. And I feel like I'm really getting there, but all of a sudden, I'm bumping into this. I'm bumping into Frankie. And I go back and I pray and I get real serious with God again. But you know what? Every time I get to that point, I bump into this. I can't get there. But pastor, you got great faith. You got faith that won't quit. You're exactly right. And that's good. But all the faith I got, all the great faith I might have, until I get the problem moved out of my way to stand between me and God, I'm going to keep bumping into this right here. People think that you can go around it. And if you do go around it and you get here where God's at, you know what he's going to tell you to do? You need to go back. But God, I, I, nah, you need to go back. So then I get serious again and I bump into this. It won't move. I go around again. You know what God says? No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. There's a problem between you and me. But God, I love you so much. I know, but there's, still, there's a problem between you and me. What is it, God? It's unforgiveness. And if you can't forgive, how can I forgive? Go back. You see, God will even tell you what your problem is. He's done something to hurt me. He may not even know it. But I'm holding it against him. And I get serious with God. God says, okay, son, I know you're at the altar. Now, lay your gift at the altar. Go get that altar you got against your brother. Go make it right. And then come back to the altar. So I say, Brother Frankie, I, I'm so sorry that I've held things against you. And I've said this. I've done that. Whatever the case is. I'm so sorry for that. Will you please forgive me? Because I love you with the love of God. And I want you to know that. Say anything I've ever said or done, I ask you to forgive me now. Ain't going to happen no more. I love you as a brother in Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, he's going to go on by his way. He's accepting my forgiveness. Suppose he didn't accept it. Suppose he said, no, no, I ain't. I ain't no, no, I ain't. Take, I've done all I can do. I've done everything I can do. Guess what? Now, I get serious with God. I can go straight to it. I've been to the altar. I picked up my gift. I said, hey, God, I got it straight down. I've done it right. I got it together. 
I didn't pull my phone out and text him and say, Brother Frankie, this is how it is, my friend. I've done this, this, and this, and this. Will you please forgive me? The Bible didn't say text your brother or call him on the phone or send him a letter. The Bible says go to your brother or sister. Some folks do it the easy way. I ain't got to look at him. I ain't got to face him. I just do it like this right here. Throw this away when it comes to fixing things for God in your life. Amen. Every head bow, every eye closed. You folks that are listening by the way of internet, let me tell you something. Whatever's standing between you and God, you got to get it out of the way. When you get it out of the way, then God can just bless you like he wants to. Church, if you're here this morning, come on. I know it's five minutes after 12. You ain't got to go far. You ain't even got to go crank your car up to go eat today. You're going to save $6 in gas just looking somewhere to eat. Oh, you get in the car, where you want to eat? I don't know. It don't matter. I don't care. Let's go somewhere. But if you're here this morning and there's a desperate need in your life, be like the woman that went to Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Just step out in faith, believing and knowing. God, I'm coming to you believing that everything, everything is going to be okay. This thing that's going on in my body, I believe I'm going to be healed. I believe I'm going to be delivered and set free. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we stand here this morning, we stand in the presence of God. We stand in the presence of God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us in your presence. If there will be a need in the building this morning, God, Father, I know, Lord, that we're looking at our time. It's a little bit after 12. But, God, there's a need in the building. Time don't matter to you. Time is just, just something that, that we have for, our, for, for what we need to do. You don't have no time. So if there's a need in the building this morning, I pray now they will come quickly. We're fixing to close it down. Those by the way of internet, the Lord, those that are live streaming, those that are going to watch it later, we pray for them right now. That Father, wherever they may be right now, God, Father, that the woman that came to you without fear, without shame, or anything, that doesn't matter. She was desperate. Father, all those that are watching by the way of internet this morning, God, Father, I pray, God, you visit them right where they are. Meet their need, Lord, right where they are. Their need will be met right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for that today. People in this church building. Thanks for tuning in to this Sunday morning worship service here at the Battle of Pentecostal Holiness Church. Don't forget that we have uh, streaming places I guess you should say go to the uh, app store go Google Play Store the app store download the app and you can watch the services live or on demand through the app and check out other things about the church also the Pine Level Pentecostal Women's Church website at pinelevelphc.org or you can like our page on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pinelevelphc YouTube is available for the YouTube fans subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Pine Level PH Church don't forget about the podcast it's available through your favorite podcast provider and there's a quick link on the website and the app. We're on 112 East Blanche Street in Pine Levels. Come on out and join us next time and worship for everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecost Wonders Church. I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again at 6 p.m. for our next live worship service. God bless.